Coaches, athletes, weekend warriors. Have you thought about recovery or regeneration? Today we oftentimes think in training about the stimulus we put on our body and the workload that we do to fatigue us daily, but we don't give enough to the recovery component. Simply Faster has numerous options to enhance your recovery in between the sessions of work that you put your body through daily. They have Theraguns, Normatic Regeneration Kits, and they're all cost-effective options. My athletes at my high school often use the Theragun in between intervals, race days, and training sessions. In the world we live in, it's hard to guarantee that we're going to get a doctor's visit. Simply Faster provides you the option where you don't have to be behind a paywall to get the care that you need with the equipment that they provide. So get yourself the regeneration and recovery that you need and level up. Simply Faster. Check it out. Sisters got a wedding, you know, whatever, right? And at the beginning of practice, you're freaking pissed off. You're like, God, why Susie not here? Why is she at English AP word right? Oh, don't she know that we've got the, you know, try meat versus this? You know, look, they have a world outside of track, right? So what we have is a Google form, which again is in the book. I can share with you guys too. You get my email, all that kind of stuff. And the kids will sign in saying, requesting, I might have to come late. I might need to leave early. I might miss. And then it auto-populates to all of my coaches and to me. So we know who's got stuff going on before or after practice. Now the rule is they got to get it to me by about 1, 1.30. So that way as a, we don't practice till 2.40, 2.50. That way as Coach Banta, I can process and not be pissed at them because I'm so mad that they're not going to be at practice. Even if it's a legitimate reason like, hey, you know, my grandma is dying. Like, whoa, you know, like, you know, and I don't want to give him this face. I didn't realize it's not the face that only mother can love, right? You know, my wife is blind. She can't really see. I'm kidding. But, but anyway, I want to be able to process that so I can be positive about it. Also, it gives me a chance to say, hey, why don't you leave early today to study for this test as opposed to coming late? Hey, why don't we, why don't we work on our project with our group Wednesday? And so it gives you a chance to give them options, and then that way they don't, it's not an automatic out of practice. It's not. And so they have to put their, if you're allowed to text your kids, they put their, their phone number there. If you do a Remind 101 or a group chat, whatever system you do to communicate, they put their information in there, the reason why they might be late, leaving early, or missing entirely. And then I color code it throughout. And I tell the kids, I want to know ASAP. So if you know, hey, I've got a music competition on the weekend of some invitational, tell me right away. And then just then you uh, populate it by date as well. And so as the kids, you know, you'll see these things come in. And as the season goes along, you just erase those lines. And then, you know, you just keep shortening that up as the season goes along. And that really helps us deal with that annoying beginning of practice where now you're pissed. You don't want to be that way. You want to be able to come into practice knowing who's missing, your assistant coaches knowing who's missing, leaving early, coming late. So you can just get down to work and be happy because you want the kids to feel that energy from you. They want to feel that safety. They want that serotonin and oxytocin from you. I have a question. you're a big part of that. How do you work with prom? What's that? Prom. I make sure there's not a track meet on prom. Okay. What I will do is I'll make sure that that meet is on a Thursday or a Friday, and that no hair appointments, getting their hair did, getting their nails done, is gonna get done until that Saturday. And usually that gives them enough time, and I let them know in advance because, let's be honest, that hair can take hours. 
right? I had a bad situation where we had a conference championship switched back. And I mean, the meet kept getting delayed and rain and these girls were freaking out. I said, never again. If I can avoid it, I'm gonna avoid it. I also worked with student council to say, hey, this is a really important weekend for us. Can we avoid that? And believe it or not, it's worked. Now that might not be the case for all of you, and I know that. So we just try to have a Thursday, whatever, Wednesday, whatever competition gives you enough leeway for them to look pretty and have their day. And you know what? Prom is freaking important. It is important. It was important to me, even though my date was terrible, but it was important to me before that happened. You know? And it was a big deal. So that's how I work around it. Thursday meet, Friday meet, they know ahead of time, make sure your hair appointments are done and your nail appointments are done on Saturday, early in the morning. I don't have practice on that Saturday. And we make sure that the kids are excited about prom. So they know, for me, I'm signaling to them, this is important. And I let them know it's important. So that's how I handle prom. Uh, all right, Baylor group. So Clyde Hart, you guys ever heard of him? Guy coach Michael Johnson and uh, Jeremy Warner. <coughs> what we'll do is there are times where we have athletes that have, they can run the 100, they can run the 800. And so what do we do? We train those kids together. So just like that two to one principle I talked about you with the coach, we also do that with our athletes because you might have a really good 800 runner and a good 100 runner, but you don't have a lot in between. You want those kids to train together once in a while. And so where do we meet? In the middle. That's where you do your 400 meter training, your, your centric training, where both the 400 meter kids, the 100 meter kids, and the 800 meter kids, they meet. And we train, we put kids into this group, and we want the best athletes in the Baylor group. And as the season goes along, you just keep adding kids into the Baylor group. You can call it whatever you want. You don't have to call it Baylor. You know, you can call it whatever you want. And so by the end of the year, that group might only be five or six kids. Or at the beginning of the year, it might only be five or six kids. But at the end of the year, it might be 25, 30 kids. Right? So again, even within your workouts, you want people to be excited about being in that group. And who are those kids that are in that group? The hardest working kids, the best kids on your team. Now, why does that help? The sprinters make your distance kids faster. The distance kids make your sprinters accountable to run all the way through the rep. And if you've got a really good thing going, kids want to make sure that they're working hard. And if they're not working hard, you need to challenge them. One of the best things that ever happened to me is I had this girl, her name is Lauren Johnson. Lauren Johnson was faster than everybody on the team. She could run the 800 all the way down to the 100. She was a state qualifier in the 200 and ran one of our fastest 800s ever. Speed to speed. By the way, don't call your middle distance kids, middle distance kids, call them long sprinters. You're much more likely to get that 800 meter kid that you really want that's got a lot of speed, not some 3,200 meter kid that's not very fast. Training levels. We divide up our practices in three ways. We have kids that are untrained, that have never done anything, rookies, they stay at that training level all year long. Why? We want them to have a good experience and you don't want to break them. If you break them in the first year you have them, you're not getting them back. Then we have our untrained veterans who are returning, even if they didn't train in the offseason, too bad veteran, you're still gonna do more work because we gotta get you back into shape. And then we have what's called our state level. Those are the kids that do the most work, the most intense training. And those kids are our best kids. But those are the kids who've also worked in the off season. So they don't have to be your best kid. They should be a kid that's really prepared. And you give them the most volume, the most intense amount of sessions, all that stuff, because they can handle it. None of those kids in the rookie group ever move up. So even if they're their best kid, they're training less. And you're like, man, I really wish I could get them to do an extra 400 today. Too bad. They're going to make it through the year. They're going to be more likely to be healthy. And then you can do it the next year. And you're going to get them for much more likely for four as opposed to just one month. I always tell kids, I don't need you in March. I need you in May. 
So error on the side of caution. We divide up our training like that. So within every group, jumpers, sprinters, throwers, everything, they do less. And you make sure they do less because you want to show them, hey, and that's a way to tell, because then when you have, oh, oh my God, how much running do you do? Well, you know, we might run, a, you know, this turns might run a couple miles, and sprinters might run a couple, and, and anything you tell them, they're gonna freak out, oh my God, it's so much running. Because today, we don't even have a mile test in PE anymore, right? They've got the pacer. <laughs> because the mile makes them feel bad. Well, guess what? A couple years of the pacer, that makes them feel bad too. Make them do the test, right? But you want to ease them into it. Linking themes. This is important. We'll talk more about this later because I've only got about five minutes left to talk. But what we do is we make sure if we're sharing kids that if a speed endurance day is happening on a Monday for the sprinters, the speed endurance day is happening on the Monday for the distance runners, even if they're not training together in that Baylor group, the jumpers are doing endurance bounding and the throwers are throwing heavy implements. So everybody is doing the same thing. So if that kid then on a Tuesday shows up to another group, you're not blowing their doors off on Tuesday as well. And that's the way that you can slide kids in and back and forth. And that makes coaches happier and it keeps your athletes healthier. Checking out. Every kid has to check out with me. Now, because of you know swine flu, SARS, and everything else coming out of China, you know, coronavirus, corona gets its line, right? We're fist bumping. We fist bump every kid. Every kid has to check out with their individual coach and me. 70 kids. Now, most of the time it's just a high five, fist bump, good job today. Sometimes it's like, hold on a second, I need to talk to you. And then I'm fist bumping as I'm talking to this kid and giving him the business. You know, but that way, every day I have a chance to say something positive to my kids, make human flesh contact with them every day, and it gives me a chance to address an issue or congratulate a positive. So every kid, and oh, by the way, because it's track and field and they're all over the place, you don't want them just to like sneak out and say, oh, hey, today we got, you know, two 450s and four 200s in their life. You know, <laughs> where'd they go, right? You want to make sure you know when they have left practice. That's a risk management thing for you as well. And in track meets, you want to make sure you address that too, that Susie doesn't just think, well, Coach Pants is busy. I was over at the throws ring. I'm out. Now, the other thing is the head coach, what do I do? If my workouts are done for everybody else, which usually they are because technical events, you need a lot of recovery, you need a lot of time, you need a lot of instruction. I will then walk around and just watch practice. And I make sure that I get to every event that happens in the track and field meet for at least a moment or two. So those athletes can see me, I can talk to the coaches, and I check in and check out with them as well. So the throwers will see me every meet. And I encourage my assistant coaches to go and see what's going on as well. Because, you know, there is a lot of downtime between technical events, typically, especially in a big invitation. All right, off-season, we already talked about that. Okay, theme. Oh, yeah, this is good too. All right, we've got five minutes left. Let's do this. That's good. All right, coach. Yes. Talk about injuries, would you please? Yes. All right. So, injuries. What do we do with injuries? I make sure that with my injuries, that the athletes always check in with us at the beginning of practice, they don't go straight to the trainer. Here's the reason why. Trainers dealing with everybody else and taping everybody else anyway. I tell the trainer ahead of time, my athletes aren't going to check in with you. They're going to check in with you after about a half an hour. 
So that way the kids are with me for the team huddle, the warm up, whatever it may be. Now, if I have an athlete that is injured, I have other athletes that have been injured before that will reach out and contact them. Now you have to be careful with that because you know, creepiness thing, you gotta make sure that kid is a good kid and all that stuff. And they'll usually send them a message on Twitter or Instagram or shoot them an email. And I make sure I pre-approve what they say to them ahead of time. Hey, I went through this very same thing. Just wanted to let you know I got through it and I had X, Y, and Z thing happen. Trust Coach Banta, trust yourself, get through the work. Another thing that we'll do is that I will sit down with all the injured athletes and talk to them as a circle. How's progress going? Have you seen the doctor? How do you feel? 10 being the worst pain ever, one being no pain. You feel like you're getting better. How are things at home? How's your sleep? How are you eating? We just talk about it, you know, before they go off to the trainer or do their cross training. Now, what do we also do? I have optional workouts for my injured athletes. So if they're doing repeat 200s, which I know Tony Holler says, don't ever do that. Okay, whatever. All right, I do it differently. We've had good results. Him and I are gonna debate this out very soon. I'm excited about it. But we'll have that simulated on the bike. We'll have the same workout on the bike. Now the general rule is if they're doing deep water running or if they're on a bike, you give them about 20% more work than you were gonna do on the track. If it's acceleration work, you scrunch up the bike real short and you have a piston on the bike to simulate that acceleration work. We will have them do usually that bike work in the morning. I usually, if I can, will go in there with them to do it or deep water running. If it's deep water running and you've got permission to get in the pool with your athletes and you have a pool there, we have them put tennis shoes on and get in the water because when you get in the water, one of the biggest problems with deep water running is that the feet feel funny. They're just kind of flailing around. And so we put shoes on, it helps simulate that more. Then if we can get that done in the morning, I have the athletes come out and do everything that they can do on the track. So maybe they can't do A skips, but they can do the same drills, but slow and walking. And so we have a whole series of things that they do. Also, we'll bring a stationary bike out onto the track and they'll do the workout on the track so that they're still a part of the team and they're socializing. And we'll talk about that when we talk about my conversation about how to build a program, like the actual workouts. Or, because I'm the track coach, we'll let them ride a regular bike. We'll have them bring the bike and we'll put it in storage. They have to have a helmet on. And I mean, it gets a little crazy, but you know, if they can manage it in China, they can ride the bike. But we can ride on a track and it's my track. So they'll do that. Now, obviously if there's a soccer game and a lacrosse game and all that kind of stuff, you might have to do some other things. But we always have a, a B, C, D workout. And the first thing we, we ask is, can you run at all? Okay, can you jog? Can you walk? You know, and then from there, I have preset workouts that are built to do the same thing based on can you run, can you jog, can you walk? You can't do anything. And you try to build as much as you can into that to handle that. I'm running out of time. Got yeah, like for the one minute, 30 seconds left. Psychology. Gratitude bomb. That's a big one. We, make, we mandate that a kid writes a letter to a person in the building that they really appreciate. If there isn't a person in the building, we make sure they write it to a relative. Now, if you really want it going on, I ask the kids, try to read it in front of the person. That energy, that serotonin, that oxytocin that's released lasts so long and it puts everybody in a good mood. 
Another thing we do is what's called a 24-hour taper. All of this is in the book, okay? And we literally, if the kid's a very nervous Nelly, you know how your distance kids are, right? They're looking on Miles Flip, they're looking on whatever website, like, oh, Bobby up the street just ran out of home. Oh, he's doing that, he's doing this workout. Forget Bobby, let's worry about what we're doing here. What we're doing here is we're got 24 hours. I want you to do something positive every hour. Now you don't want it to interrupt the classroom, but like, what could be in a 24-hour tape? Call a relative, tell them you love them. Give a friend a hug. Look at your favorite uh, skit by a comedian. I always like to go to Jim Gaffigan because he doesn't cuss, it's super safe. Hey, look up Jim Gaffigan, watch him for a little bit, it's hilarious. And so what we do is every hour they have something positive and something constructive that they have to do to get ready for the day. But because it's planned out, it takes away the nervousness of the unknown and it gives them a lot of notes. And at the end of the 24-hour taper, they've done all this really positive stuff. We practice positive self-talk. We do that in a team huddle. We have co-signed uh, contracts with athletes. Do you guys remember the game stands tall, that movie? Where they're like, today I'm gonna do this, this, and this. But we don't just have the athletes say that. We have their big sister or little sister sign and hold them accountable, to making sure that stuff gets done. A gratitude journal. I have a lot of kids that are just seek the negative. I got a young lady who's super talented, probably the best athlete I've ever coached. She's real negative on herself. Part of that high achieving thing, right? And I, you know, so then I said, today I want you to write down at home for 21 straight days three positive things that happened, no matter how bad the day was. Even if it's like, hey, I didn't die today. Hey, I had food on my plate today. And what ends up happening over the course of those three weeks is it starts to rewire the brain. Now you don't just tell them to do it and leave it alone. You say, hey, I want to see one of one of the pages from this week that you feel comfortable sharing. Because you have sometimes stuff in there you shouldn't be seeing, because it's just relationship stuff and things like that. But you ask to see one of them. We talk about college. If they're really good, sophomore year, I'm already talking about college. And we, we basically say, what are your dream schools? What five schools do you want to go to? Why do you want to go there? And then I give them a list of Division One, Division Two, Division Three, any IA schools. And I give them five that all fit that. And I say, let's start looking at these schools. And I talk to mom and dad as well about that same thing. Um, and then we do a mission statement every four years where the athletes are. We talked about those rules. The athletes do that as well. And so next year, we're going to do a new one because this group that did it is now seniors. And it's amazing what they'll come up with about their mission statement. Whatever the mission state is, the statement is going to be, it needs to be realistic. So like our school district has one where it's like every child is caring, confident, and curious. We're starting on a lie. You know, they're not. They're not. Let's not start on a lie. Let's say we want to create children who are, you know, caring, confident, and curious. Now we have a starting point. And then you push that all year long. Okay? All right. That's all I got for you guys. The other stuff is just my contact information. If you want to meet me or talk to me or whatever, you know, it's up to you. Okay? Thank you guys. I appreciate it.